Welcome to the Grand Illusion. No, not an illusion. This is reality. This is a podcast. This is the Harland Highway podcast, ladies and derble flurblins. Uh, thanks for showing up. Great to have you here. I'm Harlan Williams, your host, and what a show, what a show, what a show. Um, we are going to be talking about all kinds of things today, man. Um, spider webs. Have you ever walked into a spider web? We're going to discuss that creepy experience. Um, we're also going to be, uh, th- uh, there's a big mystery unfolding at my house. Uh, I might have to turn into a hardy boy to unravel this one, but wait till you hear about the crazy mystery I have to solve in my own home. It's disturbing, it's crazy, and uh, I'm hoping I can get to the bottom of it. Um, And how about this, ladies and gentlemen? I went on a crazy road trip recently to kind of replenish my soul, uh, replenish my, uh, my engine, and uh, what a great road trip I had, had with uh, one of my best friends from uh, college. I'm going to tell you all about it. I hope you get a chance to do it. And Campfire Timmy is here. It's summertime. He's going to be singing campfire songs, I think, right here on the Harland Highway. Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You are causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Tonight, the Hardy Boys in the mystery of the... Bloody tampon. Mm-hmm. That's right. You heard me. The mystery of the bloody tampon. Okay? It's like a Hardy Boys Nancy Drew Sherlock Holmes mystery at my house. Let me fill you in, okay? I had a little barbecue. I had a little get-together at the old uh, Hacienda. That's uh, Portuguese for house, I believe. And I had a small group. I had a small group of people. I don't like having giant parties where, you know, you can't uh, keep track of everything and you're running around, you know, getting people towels and donuts and Clearasil ointment. So I had a small group. I had a small intimate group up at the house. It was like two dudes and like, I think there was like seven or eight girls. You know, if you're going to throw a party, you might as well have that be the ratio, right? Um, so, you know, it's an afternoon, people are swimming, we're barbecuing, the thing goes on for, uh, you know, till like sunset, okay? So a full afternoon, and people are filtering in and out of the house. They're using the bathrooms as change rooms. People are making drinks in the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and so everything goes off great, you know. There's some beers. There's some hot dogs. There's some swimming. There's some laughing. 
and uh, later that uh, evening when everyone's gone, I'm cleaning up a bit. I go into my master bathroom to do a tinkle, and I got a garbage can right beside the, the old toiletto, right? That's Portuguese for toilet, I think. And I look down, and uh, there isn't much in the, in the garbage can. You know, I cleaned up before everyone came over. I emptied it out, so it was like one Kleenex. And then laying beside the Kleenex, here we go. Something I didn't need to see or want to see. Ugh. A tampon with blood on it. And I'm not talking about the pad. I'm not talking about the one with the wings that flies around in your house and lands on your shoulder and sings to you. No, I'm talking about the one you insert up inside. Looks like a little plastic white hot dog or something. You know, the one with the string hanging out of it? Like you're making, like, uh, vaginal tea? Looks like a tea bag string hanging out of there? I know. The girls are going, you prick, Williams. I'm just trying to tell you what it, what it is. So here it is, this, this white tube. Looks like a, a bloody albino cigar. Laying in my in the bottom of my my uh, my garbage can there, and suddenly I got a mystery on my hand. I got the mystery of the bloody tampon. Suddenly I'm thinking, who would do this? Why wouldn't you wrap it in Kleenex or toilet paper or something? You know, I had four sisters growing up and a mother. That's a lot of women in one house. And even they would, like, wrap that stuff up in, uh, in, in Kleenex. they give it a courtesy wrap. Kind of like the way you wrap fish and chips in newspaper, okay? If you have a bloody tampon, you wrap it up and you kind of hide it. So now I've got, like, this, you know, this, this bloody uh, uh, vagina carrot <laughs> laying in my... In my thing, and so suddenly I have to turn into the Hardy Boys or Inspector Clouseau or, uh, you know, the Sunday Night Mystery Movie. I, I, I'm somehow obsessed suddenly, and I'm thinking, who would do this? Which one of the girls at the party, or maybe it's such a mystery, maybe a boy did it. If, if I'm going to be a sleuth, if I'm going to be a detective, I have to factor in all possibilities. Maybe a dude did it. And threw it in there thinking he'd throw me off, you know, thinking, oh, well, Harland will just think it's a girl. But I'll stump him with my bloody tampon. I'm like, no. No, no, no. I think it was a girl, but now I have to figure out which one would do this. Which one didn't have the proper tampon etiquette? Which one of them just flopped their bloody pussy sponge? Into, into my garbage can and left it just staring at me. I mean, I, look, it's a it's a natural bodily function. It's human. It's it happens. But at the same time, you're a guest at somebody's house. I mean, is it appropriate to just walk in the toilet? Oh God, this thing's drenched. Bump. <laughs> Just throw it right there on the garbage can. <laughs> Squirt. It's like, how, how much trouble is it to go, mm, my goodness, I, 
Harland has a lovely house, and he's been a wonderful host, and oh, this is so uncomfortable, but I'll take this out and wrap it up and disguise it and just throw it in with the other garbage, and no one will know. But no, this thing was this thing was sitting there like you ever see the 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 movie or the 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 read the book or see the the show of when there's a sword sticking in a stone and everyone walks up and tries to pull the the sword out of the stone and whoever pulls it out is the king. It's like this glaring thing in the middle of the town. Everyone's aware of it. That's what this tampon was. It was like just sitting in the garbage, sticking out like a sore thumb. And so now I got to start going, well, let's see. Janice was here. And I, I start like piecing together. I'm, I'm doing a, a character breakdown, okay, of all these women that were at my party. I'm, I'm doing a background search in my mind. I'm putting the pieces together. It's like, okay, Janet's pretty mellow. She's low-key. She's polite. Uh, I can't see her doing it. Uh, Barbara's like, uh, you know, she's kind of fun and silly, but she gets embarrassed easy, so it doesn't make sense. Aha! Sarah's always the one that's burping loud and doing fart bubbles in the pool and, you know, just too open for her own good. Was it her? But then I go, wait a minute, there was another chick here who, like, hung a moon and was taking, having people take pictures of her naked ass and being kind of crude. And I'm like, maybe, maybe it was her, maybe it was Tiffany. Oh, and it's just this mystery, and it's like, how do I solve it without doing a DNA test, Right? So what I did is I went to each of their houses, asked for a blood sim- sample... Because I'm a detective, I can't, I'm a hardy boy, I'm Nancy Drew, I can't let this go unsolved. And boom, 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 it was Tiffany. Unbelievable. And I didn't even need the DNA test, she still had blood all over her fingers. What? Whoa, 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 let's get out of here right now. Whoa. Oh, boy. Did I go too far? Was I? Oh, hang on. Someone at the door. Roger, who's? Is there supposed to be someone here? Hello? Hi! Oh, God. Don't oh God me. I'm, I'm here for a good, very good, very wonderful reason. What are you doing here, kid? I'm in the middle of a podcast. It's summertime, ass. Don't call me ass. Well, that's what you are. I'm not an ass. I'm a p- podcaster. Yeah, I rest my case, ass. What do you want, kid? It's summertime. So? So? I sing summertime campfire songs. That's what. Oh, God, you're still singing those stupid fireside campfire songs, Timmy? That's right. And you better show a little respect, fudge face. Don't call me names, kid. Why not? Because I'm older than you. Show a little respect. Okay, how about this? Sour apple crabgrass face. Oh, God. What are you... Are you here to sing? You know I am. All right, sing. sing. What are you going to sing? Some of your goofy campfire, campfire songs? You goop me, Goofy. You can't even talk. 
Oh, God. Yes, I'm singing three campfire songs. Three? Yes, I always sing three. Oh, for Christ's sake. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, hellspawn. I'm not a hellspawn. Well, I heard you blasphemy. Blasphemy? That's right. Father McPatrick says you can't blasphemy the Lord's Savior like that. It's it's said to be... It's pronounced blasphemy, you numbskull. Numbskull, huh? Yeah, that's what you are. Well, how about you, potato sack clit? Kid, get out of here. Not till I sing. You know my father's one of the bigwigs here. (sighs) Hurry up and sing your first stupid campfire song. What is it? It's called The Wolf Goes Howl in the Moonlight. Hurry up. Okay, hurry up. All right. You can't rush a campfire song. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, the wolf goes howling the moonlight. Oh, oh, the wolf goes howling the moonlight. Oh, oh, the wolf, he howls in the moonlight. Oh, oh, the wolf, he howls in the moonlight. Stop it! I'm not finished! Get get out of here! Great, you're done. Get out. I have two more. Oh, for Christ's sake. Thou shalt not blasphemy in the name of the Lord's signature. What do you mean the Lord's signature? Well, when he signs his when he says his name. Yeah. Well, what if he signs his name with a credit card? That's his signature. That's the Lord's signature. Would you just sing your dopey second song and get out of here? Okay, here we go. Five, three, two, two, one. It's the pine cone song. Three, two, one, five, five. Everyone sing along. Oh, five, two, 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 one. Pine cones in the trees. Four, nine, two, two, one. Everyone doesn't like leaves because they like pine needles. Wow. Probably the dumbest campfire song I've ever heard. Up yours, Athabasca licorice ass. (sighs) Do you have one more? Hurry up and get out. It's summertime. You should respect it. I'll respect it when you drown in a lake, you freak. How dare you? Hurry up. All right. What is it? It's a wonderful campfire song. Children sing it all over the country under a starry canopy of skies while a crackling campfire dances around them. That makes no sense, kid. You know what I mean, broccoli tits. Hey, hurry up and do it. What's it called? It's called We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off to Have a Good Time. What? Here's how it goes. That's not a campfire song. Here it is. Shut your crab hole. Oh, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Oh, no. That's not a campfire song, kid. Shut up. We could dance and party all night and have some cherry wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Come on. 
That's not a campfire song. Oh, we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. I'm not finished with la, 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 good time. Get out. That's not a campfire song. You're an idiot. We go dance at party all night and drink some cherry wine. Oh, yeah. Out. Out. Get out. Up yours, stinker bell. Out. All night. Get out. And I'm not a piece of meat. Stimulate my brain. Get out. What a mental case. God. We could drink some cherry wine all night long and have a good time or whatever the hell it was. What is that kid, like 13, and he's singing about taking his clothes off and drinking shit? What an idiot. God, Roger, don't let that nutbag in here. I know he's got someone in the upper thing, that stupid Timmy kid. Just next time, just try and lie to him. Tell him we're closed or something. God. Anyway, something else that's almost as creepy as Timmy the Campfire Boy. Uh, You ever do this? You ever walk through a spider web? (laughs) Have you ever done that? And it doesn't even have to be like you're in a haunted house or an underground cave. I think we've all got spiders in our houses. We don't like to admit it, but no matter... Where we live, a townhouse, an apartment, uh, a cottage, a house, a mansion. Somehow they always seem to be there. Somewhere in your house, I promise you, there is a little web somewhere. You can usually see it because the dust collects in it. If it's not up in a corner, it's under your bed. Or it's in the bathroom, or it's under a cabinet. They just, no matter what you do... There's spiders somewhere in your house. And every now and then, whether it be in the house or a lot of times this happens when you walk out in the garden, every now and then a spider just takes his web and kind of puts it across your walkway. Or, you know, he goes from a bush to a tree in front of the door to your, your, your garage or your back door or your office or whatever you've got going, your tool shed. And you don't see it because it's, you know, they're crystal clear. And you're walking along, doodly do. I think I'll go get some rakes out of the tool shed. I think I'll go over to my office, you know, get some work done. And all of a sudden, you kind of walk through it. And it's weird because usually when things contact your body, it's like a direct spot. Like if a fly hits you, it bounces into your forehead. If, uh, if, uh, you know, a leaf falls from a tree, it drops on you. If you brush past a bush, it hits your shoulder. But a spider web, if you cross through its path, wherever it's uh, stretched, it kind of like goes across your whole body. All right? And if it's summertime and you're wearing a T-shirt and, you know, it hits your, it hits your arm 
and then maybe it goes up across like your face, like right onto your nose. It kind of wraps around your ear, it gets in your hair. Then you feel it on the other arm and then down onto your hand. And it's kind of sticky and it's kind of like clingy. And, you know, you do this this thing where you brush it away. You know, sometimes when you have a hair hanging in your face, you like brush it away and it bounces back and you brush it again and eventually you get it, right? But somehow with the spider web, because it's so silky and sticky, when you brush it away, you usually end up like attaching it even more. Like you'll, you'll brush it away from your forehead, but then in the brushing motion, you'll wrap it around the side of your face and around your ear and through your lip. And then somehow it twirls around your whole head and you're like, wait a minute. And then you're pulling it off your eye and you're like, I thought I got this. And then all of a sudden it's, it's on your forearm and you're like, hey, wait a minute. And then there it is between your fingers and you, you finally think you got it. And then like 30 seconds later, you sit down in your office to do it. And it's like, wait a minute, what's that? Ooh, it's in my fingers. It's on, my, it's on the back of my hand. It's just one of these things that if, if you don't like really stop and like pat yourself down, it's this weird light thing that kind of clings and, you know, kind of moves its way around the fabric of your clothes and your skin and your worst of all is your hair and you get it in your goes across your face. And for those that don't like spiders, man, it's it's even worse because it makes you all like, oh, oh, what's that? Oh, like you kind of panic a little bit. A lot of people equate the, the web with an actual spider. They think because they can feel the web that they, they're feeling the spider. People get all, you try to out, you try to outrun the web or you try to twirl away from it or you, you try to like brush it away and the more frantic you get, the more it ensnares you. And you're almost like this, this you're almost like a fly caught in the spider's trap and you're wondering if, that was the plan. He's like, you know, man, I've been eating flies most of my life, and I see these five, six-foot foot people walking back and forth, man. They're all made of meat and bone and tissue and stuff. Man, I'm going to catch me one of them biggins. I'm going to get me a biggin. Enough of these flies. Always getting wings stuck in my throat and whatnot. So I don't know. It's just one of those summer experiences that... Uh, kind of freaks you out it makes you a little itchy and creeped out and it's a, it's a weird sticky feeling so watch out for spider webs i know they're kind of invisible but uh you know do your best and for god's sakes don't get eaten by a spider Duh. and speaking of nature man i got to tell you you know it's summertime and uh, hopefully all of you had a, had a chance to just, like, go away and do something. And if you haven't yet, do it. Life's too short, okay? If you're one of these people, oh, man, I'm going to work through the whole summer and collect my vacation days and, you know, do this. And, you know, if I don't go on vacation this year, then, you know, in three years I'll be able to, to go. And uh, don't do that. You don't know when you're going to hit the wall. You don't know when, when life's going to end. Don't, don't play the uh, I'm collecting my vacation days game. I, I, I've seen people that have done that. They, oh, I haven't been on a vacation in 20 years. Uh, 
I've been saving them up, so I'm going to have five months. You know what? You're missing out on the joy of life if you play that game. Okay? Do you really want to go on a five-month vacation? Do you think you can sit on a beach for five months? The purpose of a vacation is to break up your year, to let you unwind, decompress, have some adventure, go do things you, you don't normally do, break out of your routine. Come on, man. Take your vacation time. Use it. You're not tricking ever, anyone by, by saving up your vacay days. You're, you're tricking yourself. You, you need time to get away. You need time to, uh, you know, live See the world, fish, camp, do whatever. But uh, I got to tell you, um, one of my best friends, Reg, from college, is my roommate in college, one of my roommates, and uh, we've gone on a few great road trips over the years, and we decided to do one this summer. And uh, here's what we do. He lives in San Francisco. I live in L.A. Um, I flew up. We rented a car. And what me and Reg love to do is we kind of pick a point on the map that we'd like to reach. In this case, it was like Northern California, right by the border of Oregon. Um, And not on the coast, but over on the uh, east side of the state, somewhere we'd both never been. And we go, okay, we want to be in this general area. We don't reserve a hotel. We don't plan a campground. We don't do anything. We just know that that's where we want to end up over the course of like four or five days. And the fun of the journey is just driving and stopping wherever we want and getting a crappy hotel or getting an amazing hotel or whatever whatever happens to show its its face um, the night we pull into a certain town or city or whatever. We, we deal with it when we get there. And uh, by doing it that way, you have a sense of adventure. And people go, oh, you can't do that. You're, what, if the, what if this and what if that? What if that? It's like, you know what? If there's a road with pavement on it, chances are there's a motel or a hotel somewhere nearby. So live a little. Um, take some chances. Have a sense of adventure and just go for it. And when you don't have a reservation, it gives you the leverage to just kind of go with the wind. If you want to drive a little longer, if you see something exciting, if you don't, you don't. So anyways, we went up to this uh, area of Northern California, Shasta Mountain, and we found some some old uh, ancient lava caves. Oh, my God, we went underground like mole people. There's these giant caves that the lava form, the boiling lava pushed through the uh, crust of the earth. And just left these these big caves burnt through the rock, and you can go down underneath them. And we're like mole people. We're like the mushroom people. We're under there. And, you know, Reg told me he was apprehensive because he, he's got a phobia. He's got a claustrophobic phobia. And he powered through it. And uh, much to his credit, he, he went full bore. Uh, we went through one cave that was like a quarter mile deep or a quarter mile long. And uh, we turned our flashlights off right in the middle of it. It was just the, the blackest black you've ever seen. You couldn't see a thing. And uh, kudos to, to Reggie because he, uh, he overcame his fear, and we had an amazing time. And, uh, you know, we just drove through some back roads. We went through an Indian reservation. We went to some lake in the middle of nowhere. 
we kind of got semi-lost in, in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the night. We were, like, driving th- down these dirt roads in the rental car and the old signs full of bullet holes kind of telling us where to go and mysterious lights in the sky and jackrabbits running out of the darkness. And uh, what a blast. What a, what, a, what an adventure we had, stopping and taking pictures, finding little country diners to stop and get an omelet or pancakes or a burger, uh, you know, stopping and looking at things, fishing. Just, hey, there's a river running beside this old back road. Let's fish. And that's the key. You got to take back roads, man. You got to get off the beaten track and just follow the back roads. Don't be afraid. It's it's the country. Everyone's kind of nice. And I guess one of the highlights of the trip is we were going through some mountain pass and we uh, were driving along this old road and running beside us is this river, this mountain river. It's probably about, I don't know, let's say 20 feet across, 25 feet across. And there's rapids and there's water uh, careening through the rocks. And uh, we get out and we're fishing it a little bit. And uh, we get to this one spot and there's water rushing down the rocks. And then all of a sudden it leveled out. It leveled out for about 60, 70 feet. You can still see the water gurgling and, you know, the current going along. But then uh, because it flattened out, it created a kind of a smooth pool off to the side. And this mountain water was like crystal clear, right? And you could see right down into it. It's about seven feet deep. And it it was cold, but it wasn't like uncomfortable cold. And uh, here we were, two grown men, buddies for 25, 30 years. And without hesitation, without reservation, we just went, screw it. Ripped our clothes off. Raw to the bone, two pasty white Canadian boys. You know, no tan lines, no uh, no rippling uh, six-packs, just two old, wonderful, naked Canadian boys, and in we go, man. We dive into this river, and oh, my God, just just beautiful. I can't even describe to you the, the beauty, the wonderment of, of submerging yourself in a, in a fairly cold... Uh, moving river, crystal clear, the sun shining down into the water. Because it's not too deep, there's nowhere for the sun to refract, but right back up. So you go under and you open your eyes, and there's this clear water and all these wonderful colors and glimmering, shimmering sunlight. You see a few fish, blurry fish swimming in front of your eyes, and I tell you, just being under there, it's like it's like going to another world. It's like just it's like a baptism. So what I said to Red, I said, "Man, this feels like a baptism." You know, you're out in nature, you're naked, you're you're, you're feeling the water all over your body. It's clear, it's clean, and you get out. And I'm telling you, we both talked about this. You know, normally we're not you know talking about our skin and all this. But our skin was just like, it felt moisturized, it felt revitalized, it felt revived. Just fantastic, man. Just, your, your whole body's just like tingling. It's like, it's like you nourished your whole body. You, you fed it like Mother Earth's recipe. 
and you're just submerged under that water. You're holding your breath, and everything's sparkling. It's, it's like you're swimming in gold, man. Shades of turquoise and green and hints of blue and the gold from the sunlight and the different colored rocks, lighter rocks up against grayer rocks and red rocks up against dark rocks. And you can feel the current rushing over your body, but it's not strong enough to sweep you away, so you're just kind of swimming on the spot underwater. I tell you, man, nothing takes away the worries of the world better than something like that. So hopefully summer's not over for you. Reg and I had a killer road trip, tons of laughs. All we did was laugh the whole time, (laughs) laugh and laugh. So grab a friend. This is my little tip for you. Grab grab one of your best friends, maybe two of them. Pick a spot on a map. Just drive towards it. Take the back roads. Be adventurous. Stop. Look at things. Walk into a forest. Climb a rock. Jump in a river. Throw a fishing line in. Stop at a weird dumpy diner to eat. Stay at a goofy old motel, the prickly cactus inn. And uh, just just unwind and let it go, man. That's my advice to you. That's my tip. Take it or leave it, but I think if you try it, you'll, uh, you'll be happy, man. And don't save up those vacation days. Live right here, right now. Okay? There. I'm stepping off my pulpit. No, I'm not preaching. I'm just, I, I hope, uh, I want all of you to, uh, you know, remember that your journey in life is uh, you gotta you gotta smell the roses. You gotta just live sometimes. Oh, and I tell you, ever since that trip, I just can't stop thinking about being in that river. It was it was just amazing. I almost want to drive all the way back just to do it again. I think I might. I think I might. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think I might. It was that beautiful. Uh, So there you go, ending the uh, podcast on a wonderful note. And uh, I hope you can can get away and uh, do something fun like that. Um, Immerse yourself in the real world and uh, rub, rub up against Mother Nature and let her nourish your soul, your skin. Go and get baptized. Um, And in the meantime... If you're kicking around Los Angeles, ladies and for Gurgle Durgans, uh, don't forget that uh, I guess it would be Tuesday, August 21st, the Apple Tree Boys will be doing stand-up sketch comedy at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. That's me and my buddy Sean Tweedley. We do an all-sketch show. It's 8 o'clock at Flappers in Burbank, California. We take suggestions from the crowd, and we make up sketches on the spot, and it's really fun. People have been loving it. So come on out. Um, go to flappers.com, Burbank, California, and get your tickets. Um, don't forget that uh, you can check out harlowilliams.com. You can write me at harlowilliams.com. You can phone me and leave a message, 323-739-4330. Um, check out the web store, follow me, Twitter, at Harlan Williams, all that stuff, man. 
And be sure to tune in to Robot Monster, my new show on Nickelodeon. Set your, uh, your TiVo. It's really fun. We've been getting a really good response. I do the voice of Monster. And uh, I hope you dig it, man. But that's all the time we got for today. I got to go uh, take my clothes off and have a good time. Jump inside a nice cold mountain river and drink some cherry wine. And until that time, chicken chow mein.